When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live around Australia on SEN Track. Welcome to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. grnz.co.nz Oh, can you believe the year has gone this quickly? It's the final edition of Kiwi Chasing for the calendar year 2021 as we head into Christmas. And what a big year it's been in Greyhound Racing throughout New Zealand. And it's great to have the program on SEN Track. And can you believe it's been probably four months since we started in terms of programming on a Sunday morning? My name's Damian Watson and joining me on the line is Mark Rosanowski. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. Visit grnz.co.nz. Rosso, can you believe it's almost Christmas, mate? Oh, it's amazing, isn't it, Damien? Uh, look, um, festive greetings to you and, and to our listeners on Kiwi Chasing. We started in mid-August and then we went straight into a lockdown here <laughs> uh, in New Zealand. And look, we've, we've uh, you know, we've had our challenges, haven't we? It's uh, it's hard to sort of think back on, on, you know, where we were in January at the start of the year and then in August when we kicked off this program. But all of a sudden, here we are at the end and we talked to a lot of good guests, had a, um, you know, really enjoyable time despite the challenges that we have all faced and can only hope that despite the new variant that's uh, hogging the headlines again and uh, Omicron, Omicron um, it's going to be some good names for some dogs and horses I think in the future out of this uh, damn COVID but um, <laughs> anyway we're here we're at the end of 2021 and all we can do is, is look forward and the great thing is we've been able to keep racing for the majority of it here in New Zealand not completely but for a majority of 2021 and we've got some really good racing to look forward to over the next couple of weeks during the uh, the Christmas New Year period. Absolutely. You mentioned guests. We've got a plethora of them today. Three guests, in fact, on the show. By the way, you talk about naming greyhounds. We've had a situation here in Australia where a thoroughbred has been named after a race caller. Has that ever happened with you? Has anyone made any linkage to you in terms of naming a greyhound? <laughs> um, not... Not directly, uh, as What's far the as indirect? I know. Um, actually, having said that, having said that, I suppose I should I should recall a dog called Bark Rosanowski, um, which um, which actually qualified quite well. My name's Mark Rosanowski. Um, they call me Rosso. Uh, I forget my name's Mark sometimes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, Bark Rosanowski was a greyhound going back uh, three or four years ago. Um, but wow. unfortunately, she didn't. Yeah, won a race, but um, it was a she too, which you know concerned me a little. But. <laughs> Um, she didn't quite kick on as well as we hoped. Um, if there's been others, um, it could be, you know, secretly on the sly, uh, a little dig at me, who knows. Um, maybe there's the odd dog kennel named Rosso. I doubt it. I hope not. <laughs> oh, well, maybe something in the future could crop up. Now, the Hart team dominated last Sunday's Southland meeting at Invercargill. Have we got a special guest on the line? 
Yeah, well, look, we have, uh, Damien, because um, I thought I would break tradition here on Kiwi Chasing and that we'd have the same guest two weeks running because of the dominance of the Hart team. We talked to Tony Hart, or Jack Hart as we call him, uh, last week, and they had such a good day. And we've got the Premier meeting at Southland. Effectively, last week was about the heats, and, and, and tomorrow's meeting is the, the special Premier meeting at Ascot Park in Invercargill for the Southland Greyhound Racing Club. It really is a big deal for them. And two Group 2 finals worth $20,000 and a $15,000 sprint final as well. And as it turned out, the Hart team just had a fabulous day last week. I thought, well, look, we'll just have to talk to Jack again. We'll talk to the same guest two weeks running. And when I got hold of him yesterday, he said, tell you what, why don't you have a chat to Taylor, Taylor McMillan. And Taylor McMillan is a uh, young woman who is overseeing the team, doing the travelling. going to take off four Invercargill very shortly with the team to see if they can't pick up uh, some of the big stakes on offer down there tomorrow. So, uh, Taylor McMillan, we welcome you in. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on Kiwi Chasing. Good morning. So, Taylor, um, look, um, let's let's put it out there. You're, you're 19 years old. Um, how long have you been involved in greyhound racing? Is this something that has evolved later in your life to date or has there been a connection with greyhound racing from early on? Um, I got involved in greyhound racing when I was about nine. My family bought their first dog just as owners and then over the years my dad became a trainer down south, Dave McMillan, and then yeah just got involved in a lot more of the scene since I've been up in Christchurch. And so how did it come about that you are uh, overseeing the kennel uh, effectively at the moment uh, that's been taken over by uh, by Jack Hart and, uh, and, and Kirsty Taylor? Um, I just come out to help out at the kennels for a couple of weeks um, back in May and then I just sort of caught the bug and loved it. So there was full-time work going back then so I quit my job dairy farming down south and moved up here and now I've just been here ever since. And now you uh, you get to travel the dogs uh, back down to Invercargill for a second week running. Look, it's a heck of a trip. How do you go with the travelling? Um, I don't mind the travel, to be fair, but I'm used to travelling from a young age, so I quite enjoy it. It's a bit of a break away from the kennels, and it always makes a good trip when the team perform well, too. Certainly. Well, last week would have been an easy trip in that case, returning home. But just for our uh, Melbourne listeners, um, so you're, um, you're based out at, at Dunsandal. It's south of, of Christchurch, which is the biggest city in the South Island. To get down to Invercargill with the, with the dogs you've got on board, how long will that take you this afternoon? Um, it takes us about eight hours by the time we have our stops and things and feed up. We get yeah, we should be there just in time for dinner tonight. <laughs> Excellent. And how many uh, how many greyhounds have you got on board and what time are you departing? Um, we've got 11 on board and we'll probably load up and sneak away just after this interview, should we? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for your time. Let's talk about some of the greyhounds. We're going to go to the uh, the feature race tomorrow. There's two Group 2s on the card, but the Far, far South Challenge has got a, uh, a super field. $20,000 final. We had heats last week and uh, lo and behold, you took out heats with Victoria Lou and Charlotte Lou. I'm, I'm just looking at the um, the TAB, the New Zealand TAB market for this, Taylor, and it's a remarkably even final, but um, both of your greyhounds are, are marked up as potential winners, so let's talk about uh, Dog 6, Victoria Lou. It's won 9 from 13 so far and 4 from 5 on the track. Just how impressive was she to you last week? Yeah, she was really good. Um, she was 
Um, she went a really good race. I was really pleased with how she went from being out at box eight, how she got across. And she's a really pacey young dog. And I just hope if she gets an early lead in this race, um, I think it could be in her favour. But obviously up against it's a blazing thing. It's, it's a strong field, but I do hope she's a good chance. She clocked uh, 26 and 13. Um, she comes up with box number six. So is it clearly all about the beginning with her? Um, I think even if she misses away slightly, she's a strong enough dog. Obviously, she's a wee bitch amongst that field, but I think she can afford to miss it slightly and still be a chance. Her sister's... not want to strike too much trouble. No, no, sure. Um, her sister's right next door, Charlotte Lou, uh, who was a heat winner in 26-12. So went off box number three again. It was built on box speed. Yeah, it was. Charlotte, it's a lot more in the jump for her. So she might struggle a bit out in box seven this week. But I'm just hoping that even if Victoria clears the jump, it might give Charlotte a bit of room to get through, hopefully, because she does like the rails. So... And they are drawn alongside each other. Do you have any concerns about them, unfortunately, you know, potentially cancelling each other out? Um, that is a bit of a worry, but hopefully um, Victoria tends to jump a bit quicker than uh, Charlotte when she's on form. So hopefully she clears the jump nice and quick and makes a bit of room for Charlotte. So we've got Victoria Lou at $4.80 and Charlotte Lou at $5.50. At the moment, it's a blaze in box eight. It's a $4 favourite and uh, Dembe $4.50. Of course, Victoria Lou beat Dembe last week and Charlotte Lou beat It's a Blaze in their respective heats. But do you think the market's about right in terms of your two, uh, Taylor, Victoria Lou, perhaps the, uh, the the better chance on paper than Charlotte Lou? Uh, yes, I'd agree with the market there with that one. Now, the, um, the Sprint Feature Final's got a $15,000 stake. It's race eight on the card tomorrow afternoon. Um, and you've got half the field here, so I hope you've got enough handlers. <laughs> yeah, we've got them all sorted. Okay, well, which one, which one are you going to be handling? Because I might talk about that one first, perhaps. Um, I'm handling penalty drop tomorrow. Okay, out in box number seven, uh, six dollars uh, in the current market, the New Zealand TAB. Uh, heat winner off box number six uh, last week, and uh, and beat home Violet Lou. Was was that expected? About an eight dollar price on the tote. Um, yeah, I thought he was really well to be fair. He's a pretty moody dog, but he just seems to be in form at the right time, really, for this race. And like tomorrow, if he's the best version of himself, I rate him a pretty good chance in the race. Is it because he's moody that you get to handle him, or, or how do you choose? Um, I've just, he went well for me in the heat, so keep a winning handler on. And he just, <laughs> he quite likes the female handler, so do everything in his favour. Excellent. Um, Violet Lou was second to him in the heat, um, but she's priced up at $4.50, so a little bit shorter than him. So uh, can you see her being able to turn the tables on him tomorrow, which, which you know, the bookmakers are suggesting might happen? Uh, yeah, I probably would have liked to have seen them drawn the other way, to be fair, him in box five and her out in seven. But she does hold a pretty good line when she jumps, and she's been running some good races lately. So if she clears the jump, which is key to her, she could be a strong contender. Made the cuts in box number three for the team. Has won three of its last four and uh, got its first win at Ascot last week. Uh, she was winning in a 22.64. She'd probably have to sharpen up her time a bit for the final, hence she's at $12. Yeah, I'd probably have to 
Yeah, I think for her to be in the race, she's really going to have to jump and have clear air. Um, and we were a bit worried last week about how she'd see out the last 40 to 50, but we're still really happy with how she went the other week, last week. Taylor, with the, the dogs you're taking down there, a lot of them are... Um uh, Fabregas Tea Time litter like Violet Lou, uh, like the dogs that are in the Far South Challenge final for uh, Jose Arthur and um, and obviously they're young and exciting uh, dogs but then you've got a dog here uh, your fourth runner in this uh, sprint feature final called Tucker and he's been a good dog for a long time, he's had 13 wins um, he's out in box number 6 and he's priced up as a $10 shot what do you see his chances tomorrow? Our season traveller and I think he can afford to really miss the jump tomorrow because he's always strong to the line. Should really run home strong and could face a chance. And uh, Taylor, look, um, do you fancy of the four penalty droppers an each way prospect, or would you go with the market and say Violet Lou potentially your your better chance here in that final? Um, I'd have to stick with penalty drop probably. I think he'd be. I'm pretty confident that if he's on tomorrow, he's a uh, good chance in the race. Excellent. Um, look, uh, you've got a few others on the undercard, but uh, we need to let you get away. But there is a dog I uh, particularly want to uh, have a quick chat to you about, and it's in race two tomorrow at 12.22, uh, Master Portos. Uh, we haven't seen him since he uh, won a heat of the galaxy, and unfortunately he's been off the scene. He wasn't able to take his place in the semi-final, but he's a very exciting dog and very young, and um, and he's got a good record down there. So... He comes up in a, just a, it's just a super, super class three field on the card and he's drawn box number three. How is he at the moment and, and what, what did happen to him there at the end of October? Um, he just pulled up with a bit of a niggle in the wrist after the Galaxy heat and we didn't want to risk him because he's probably one of the most promising young dogs we've got in the kennel. So there was no point risking him at such a young age to put him in the Galaxy semi. So... We've kept him fresh, and he's probably come back into one of the hottest C3 fields he could have. But um, he seems really well, and hopefully tomorrow he can show us the dog he really is in this field. I'm just so excited, looking forward to this race. You could slap C5 on this. You could slap Group on it if you want. It's it's just an amazing field. You've got a power superstar off the inside. Obviously, Master Portos there, Gold Star Nolan, Bahati Bale, which is in Andy McCook's selections uh, this week. Other good dogs too. Taylor, look, we really appreciate your time. Safe travel down there today. Obviously, you had an incredible week last week, and uh, let's hope, hope you can do it on finals day, the premier meeting tomorrow as well. Thank you very much for that, Mark. Cheers, Taylor. Catch you soon. Uh, Damien, look, one of, the, one of the best things about the past four months on Kiwi Chasing has been talking to, well, every guest that we've had on, um, we've, we've appreciated their contribution. But a 15-year-old coming into this game, I'm just really excited because Greyhound Racing uh, obviously does have its critics. Uh, we uh, have been under a fair bit of pressure this year. Um, and for the future of Greyhound Racing, what I do enjoy is talking to people who have that raw enthusiasm and joy about the game that I had when I was their age and that there's actually plenty more of them and we have spoken to quite a few of them in the last four months. I'm sure you still have it, Rosa. And you talk about the attraction towards the younger generation. I was at the Phoenix last night at the Meadows here in Melbourne and mm. a large yep. amount of people that were there were young punters. So I think it's a, it's a sport and a code of racing that does attract the younger generation because it's easy to follow, it's simple to follow. And I think...
are listening to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning, all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for four. On the other side of this break, we'll chat to one of Rosso's fellow commentators, Aaron White, after this. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for four. Welcome back. You are indeed listening to Kiwi Chasing, all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. And Rosso, users uh, of calling game for a long period of time, and our next guest certainly would understand the nuances of the role that you have. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, Aaron White is his name. He's a tremendous tricode caller. He probably doesn't get as uh, many Gallops meetings as, uh, as I would like because he's terrific at that code too. But we know him especially from Alexandra Park, which is headquarters of Harness Racing in Auckland. So he calls some of the biggest races of the year in Harness, like the Auckland Cup and the Row Cup. And... And he's been calling it at, uh, at Monaco and at Cambridge as well for the Greyhounds, and it's terrific to have him uh, in the code on a, a regular basis. Uh, Aaron, good morning to you. Thanks for taking a little bit of time out as you're on your way to uh, Monaco with the first of 12 this afternoon at 12.44 New Zealand time. Yeah, good morning, Rosso. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, looking forward to it. In fact, already out at Monaco. I was uh, that keen to get out to the track this morning. I left nice and early, so out here it's a beautiful day in the city of Sales too, and Looking forward to what should be a good day of chasing as well. Aaron, uh, what an extraordinary year it has been, and especially for you. And obviously you've had to do a lot of, uh, of commentating remotely from a studio off the screen. How has that been for you? Uh, it's been OK. Um, of course, uh, it's a wee bit harder when you get into uh, the harness. And I did one galloping meeting too remotely there too. And, uh, of course, you're dictated to by the uh, camera work of our superb uh, camera people around uh, the North Island here. But, um, of course, there's always that 1% or 2% of horses uh, in a race that you're, you're looking at. Same with the Greyhound code as well. There'll be a couple of Greyhounds that... Um, the names will get you all the time, so they're the ones you want to concentrate on. And, of course, they're not the ones on the screen that, you, that you're trying to look for. So that's probably the, the biggest uh, thing of not being on track is just when, you, you know, when you're not quite certain of one horse or one dog, you can just put the binos on that one dog and just learn it. Indeed. Um, look, in terms of being back on track, uh, which you are now, obviously, and you were down at Cambridge the other day, how important is that to you as a commentator? How much do you enjoy that? And, and, and how much easier do you find that personally? Oh, it's great because um, when you're on course, you've got the atmosphere, of course, of people on uh, track. You get the atmosphere, especially here in the commentary box. That just gets you in the mood for the day. And when you see the dogs coming past you and they're just happy, ready to go chasing and that, and that gets you turned on for the day as well. Whereas when you're sitting in a studio, um, you're not you're not getting that. And uh, same with the, the people involved in the industry. It's always good to be uh, chatting with those as well. Aaron, one of the great things that's happened in the last couple of weeks is uh, with, with the border down now around Auckland, it means that we can have uh, Waikato dogs at Monaco and, and the reverse applied, of course, at the meeting you called on Thursday. I suppose one thing is um, it, it makes the fields more interesting, but um, perhaps the, uh, the form analysis a little more tricky with, uh, with dogs that haven't been on a particular track for a certain length of time returning. 
Yeah, you did right there. Uh, we noticed that down at Cambridge, of course, on uh, Thursday with a lot of the Auckland dogs returning down there. Although uh, most of the Auckland dogs that went to Cambridge were uh, dogs that liked the one-turn track. So we had seen most of them down there. There was a couple that we hadn't, but uh, they'd also trialled down there. But, of course, they hadn't been able to get down there prior to Thursday to even have another look at the track. So those dogs, like myself, I think it was four months between... Um, race calls down at Cambridge so same with those dogs and it was quite amazing with the Auckland dogs because the lure down at Cambridge is a wee bit more quiet than the one here at Monaco and most of the Auckland dogs actually caught the start nicely down there <laughs> Okay, yeah no interesting alright um, look uh, in terms of, of your selections today I always look forward to seeing your selections at the start of a meeting because you're not scared to challenge a favourite or two as a rule Oh, no. No, that's the good thing about this game is that um, every dog, every horse has their chance on their day. And course, you're racing horses against horses and dogs against dogs, and uh, that's where it's always good to be uh, in there and looking at the uh, form, and especially with the greyhounds as well. As you know, uh, most greyhounds, um, they, they have their own nuances where, you know, if they like to jump in, they like to jump out, they like to stay straight, so um, you can sort of pick up a little bit of value if you can find dogs around the dog that you like it's going to do uh, one of those things jump in or out where you're going to get a nice clear run down to the first turn and as you know here at Monaco down to the first turn is critical in most of our sprint races here if you get down there first generally you're going to be in the top three uh, placings on the way home okay Aaron well so for our um Listeners in Melbourne looking for a, uh, a first bet today. What should we follow at Monaco Greyhounds today, in your opinion? Well, the one I've got today is a thrilling rapper in uh, race number five. It's the first time he's had uh, box number one for quite some time. And uh, the last time he had box number one was back in early November and uh, won quite nicely down at uh, Cambridge. It was on that occasion. He's currently $4.50 without TAB here, but um, very, very good bet. He's a very, very good dog out of box one. He's had the six starts out of box one. He's never been out of the top three placings. So one of those dogs that you can make Maybe if you don't like to just have an outright win bet on a dog, but maybe it's one of those dogs that you could have a two over five or a two over ten bet on, and um, he's uh, likely to be in the top three out of box number one there today. In fact, uh, box one could be golden today. There's a few dogs in box one that I really do like. Um, it, along with Black Tea in race number nine, Let Him Talk, will run up the track in the early stages, so Black Tea will get a lovely track down to the first turn over the 5-2-7. And Portland Wonder, well, she's back in great form, her best form. She's got box number one today in race number 10. So maybe there's the multi of aces, races five, uh, nine and 10 for our Melbourne dog fans. Beautiful. I've got that written down, Aaron. Through today, of course, uh, Cambridge got some uh, very good meetings coming up Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Not the same number of travellers for the heats for races like the Waikato Classic, etc. But nonetheless, a couple of meetings I'm sure you'll look forward to. Yeah, over the summertime, I think the summer of chasing is going to be really, really good with some of the dogs we've got coming through. I think one of the best dogs in the north right now is a dog called Ramblin' Andre, but uh, the brain's just not quite there at the start of his races yet. He's probably one of the fastest uh, early um, uh, well, younger dogs that I've seen around the place for, for a time, but he just needs to get uh, working on his starts. But it's just putting that lovely mix into what should be, as I say, a great summer of chasing. Aaron, look, really appreciate your time this morning. Um, keep up the great work there for the code. You're across all the codes, of course, uh, and um, and it's been really good to have you uh, 
in Greyhound Racing consistently uh, week to week. I know plenty of people love your calls and, and love your uh, form analysis as well. So go well and uh, all the best for the festive season. Thanks, Rosso, and everybody having a play today with the Monaco Greys. Good luck with your bets. It's uh, Aaron White, uh, one of our uh, prominent tricode callers, uh, Damien. And look, um, I, I don't have a heap of experience in the other codes, but I, I have called some uh, tote meetings harness. I have called uh, harness trials and uh, and also galloping trials. I was part of a uh, a bit of an experiment during the week, actually, where I, I sat in, in Wellington at the bottom of the North Island and commentated remotely the harness trials from Ash Burton in the middle of the South Island. Um, it went reasonably well, <laughs> but such is the nature of things uh, these days in the, the crazy, crazy world we live in. Just on that, what's the hardest code to call, do you think, looking at it objectively? Um, look, the interesting thing is that um, I, I know people think that, that Greyhound Racing is, is exceptionally fast and difficult to call. Because I've been in and around it for so long, when I watch Greyhound Races, they almost slow down to me, and I, I've talked to other people about this as well. I think if you've watched find it, um, and I find uh, obviously greyhounds are, are, are closer to you um, if you are calling, you know, through your binoculars, which I do. I, I do like it, even though, you know, we call a lot off the screen these days as well. Um, harness obviously is a whole lot slower, and I really enjoyed calling uh, harness meetings recently at uh, at Manawatu during this year and was grateful for that opportunity. And with the Gallops calls, well, look, my eyesight's not the best. I'd, I'd need a, a, a damn sight better set of binoculars, I think, if I was going to be a regular caller. But I've done some trials and, and enjoyed it. But, yeah, it can be very challenging um, with the colours uh, when they're a long, long way from you and some of the bigger tracks in New Zealand and Australia too, obviously. And uh, sort of in a, in a heat haze in particular, I uh, found very, very tough. I, I look, honestly, I just um, I salute all callers across the codes. I think, by and large, they generally do a very, very good job. And it can be such a tough task. Uh, things can happen very quickly. And Lord knows, I look back on some calls and go, why, why? Why did I do that? Why did I say that? And you're never quite sure. Everything just happens in a split second. Uh, Greg, requires a lot of ingenuity. We'll take a break for the news. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. We'll get Rosso's tips for the coming days after this. And a big welcome back to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning. Damian Watson and Mark Rosanowski with you for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. And Rosso, looking ahead to some of the upcoming meetings, who are some of the best bets that you want the punters to keep an eye on? Well, looking at that premier meeting at Southland tomorrow, which kicks off uh, our week in great style, um, Andy McCook's travelling down there with a large team of greyhounds, hence he's... Uh, not uh, co-hosting the show as he normally is on Kiwi Chasing, but he has put through a handful to follow tomorrow, and we kick it off. We talk about this being first bet. Well, this is 12.05 New Zealand time, 10.05 Eastern Standard in Australia. Race one, number one at Southland tomorrow with gold star Ricky drawn up the inside. Uh, over the 390 metres looks very hard to beat. Uh, in race number two, Andy's with Bahati Bale, number five, off a string of second placings. Now, it'll be very interesting to see how they price up this race because a power superstar who's one of the hottest young properties in New Zealand's in box one, Master Portos, who's looked outstanding early on, and we talked to Taylor McMillan, the kennel four-person for Jack Hart earlier about Master Portos, and it sounds like he's primed and ready for a good one. Gold star Nolan's in there as well, but Andy with race two, number five, 
Bahati Vale uh, tomorrow. Andy's saying in the Galway Cup final over 732 metres, race four, number one, no keeper through all multis. Well, the TAB in New Zealand have got a market out for that group two feature, $1.20, uh, no keeper. He's the star stayer in New Zealand on the rise. But we will be talking to Matt Roberts very shortly, who's got three runners in there, and one of them in particular may be able to challenge no keeper. We will find out in due course. And he's thrown us a bolter, race eight, the sprint feature final, where Jack Hart's team have four runners in it. Uh, Gold Star Mooney, dog four, 30 to one. 31 and 550 with the New Zealand TAB, a, uh, a bolter that you might want to include for uh, place price there in race eight. And then through to race number two, 12. Uh, Dog 6 Jocelyn uh, from the Janine McCook team that Andy is uh, part of and taking down there today uh, for tomorrow's racing. He was very keen on Jocelyn last week. She finished second, beaten by Rose Thorne, but he's saying go each way again, race 12, number 6 uh, Jocelyn. One dog I want to point out there tomorrow in fact I might do that on the other side of some Palmerston North tips because that's my next calling meeting Damien uh, Palmerston North Greyhounds at Manawatu Raceway on Wednesday race one number three Wonder Women I just think she'll be winning uh, through all multis take the shorts race one number three Wonder Women Wednesday at Manawatu race two number eight rock on Annie perfectly drawn again take the shorts through all multis race two number eight in race seven dog two big time Vuitton one on debut will win again I do believe race seven number two this is midweek at the Manawatu. Big time Vuitton there. Uh, race nine, number two. Good to see Caveman's Queen uh, back. And um, she looked very promising in a very short uh, opening career, uh, opening uh, campaign, I should say. Race nine, number two, Caveman's Queen. And race 10, number two, Super Gold, a very fast winner from last week and a, a dog that could go from strength to strength. Race 10, number two, Super Gold. None of those greyhounds will be at particularly big odds. Uh, but Damien, um, just to end this little segment here, um, one of the greyhounds I'm suggesting that everybody looks out for tomorrow at, at Southland is a dog called Rippin Purton. Now, it's a greyhound that was good enough to run third in the Group 1 Perth Cup back in April behind south of Christchurch, or west of Christchurch, um, and did recently um, re-qualify at Addington in a sub-17 seconds for the 295 metre sprint, which is outstanding. It's in race three, dog two tomorrow at 12.39 uh, New Zealand time. Rippin Purton. be most interesting to see what he can do here in New Zealand, but certainly has talent. I wonder if there's any linkage to Zach Purton, the jockey. Maybe that's where the origin comes from uh, with the name Rippin Purton. But, yeah, very, very so. interesting. Yeah, yeah oh, it makes sense. I'm trying to think of uh, any does. other reference to Purton out there in racing. Uh, one of the great jockeys to come out of Australia too, Zach Purton. Probably doesn't get a lot of credit where we are in Australia because he uh, primarily rides overseas these days. On the other side of this break, Rosso, we're going to catch up with Matt Roberts, speaking of Southlands. Uh, big team heading for the Premier meeting there tomorrow with the Group 2 Galway Cup for stayers on the horizon. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for four. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning. Mark Rosadowski and Damian Watson with you. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. And Rosso, we've had a suite of guests already this morning and our next one obviously heading for Southland tomorrow. And we've 
got a big emphasis on the Group 2 Galway Cup for stayers. Indeed, and uh, his name is Matt Roberts, another of uh, the uh, young trainers plying his trade uh, around the nation of uh, New Zealand. And Matt's going to be the last guest for 2021 on Kiwi Chasing because we've got uh, next week off on Boxing Day. And I think Matt was the second guest we ever had on the show, certainly in episode one. Uh, anyway, Matt, and we welcome you back to Kiwi Chasing. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Rob. Now, Matt, uh, you're on your way to uh, to Southland. You'll be setting off on your long journey uh, a little bit, uh, well, probably quite soon, actually. Um, let's talk about the Galway Cup first and foremost. Group 2, $20,000 for the stayers, 732 metres, the ultimate distance down there, and you've qualified uh, three for this final. Um, first and foremost, um, the elephant in box one, um, it's, uh, it's, it's no keeper, who everyone's talking about, obviously, as a uh, potential star stayer, and he's just been a tremendous dog from the off for Gary Cleave, and he was the faster of the two heat winners last week. So you've got to take him on, and he's in box number two, but, uh, sorry, box one, but you've got Claus and Leo in box two. Just looking back to, to last week, how pleased were you with Leo coming through that, uh, that heat win? Yeah, no, we were, we were really happy with the way he went. Um, you know, obviously the smaller field makes things a wee bit easier, but he was able to find the lead and, and keep ticking right through the line. So um, he's come through the run pretty well, but we're, yeah, we were pretty happy with the way he went. Just looking at the time, so he's come up with a winning time of 43.33, no keeper 43.11, so about two tenths of a second faster overall, no keeper. Does it give you some glimmer of hope up against the favourite in that your closing sectional was, was faster than no keepers? Yeah, I, I think we'd be in, in, in a lot of trouble if um, if, yeah, if our closing sectional wasn't faster at least because uh, the speed that no keepers got, um, it's hard to see him not pinching a bit of a break. So there is a glimmer of hope there. Uh, would have been nice to see no keeper come up with a tricky draw, but he lands box one which makes our job uh, very difficult. But um, 720 metre racing can, can be, do funny things at times. So, um, yeah, we've got a good draw with Leo and, uh, and I'd be disappointed if he wasn't there about. You've had an incredible time with Leo being runner up in the, the silver collar there. And, um, and at that stage, he was in your brother's team, uh, Dan. Um, and, and since then, um, look, he, he's just been ever so consistent. I thought leading up towards the New Zealand Stayers Cup, he, he was perhaps a, a fraction down on his best, but then he started to find it again in the Stayers Cup. That was from me on the sideline as an analyst. Is, is that fair or not? Yeah, I think um, just racing in some of those really nice 600 metre fields uh, against uh, quite you know quality greyhounds like It's a Blaze and that might have just knocked his confidence a wee bit. Um, since then we've sort of steered away from those 600s and, and just focused on the 700 metre races. Uh, I, I don't think from memory he's ever been out of the money over 700, so that really is his caper these days. Um, so I'd say it probably was a mixture of, of confidence and maybe um, maybe yeah, just down on his form slightly, but he, um, he's certainly back on track now. Well, no keepers $1.20 with the New Zealand TAB and Claus and Leo is $4.50 and you can write your own ticket the rest. But Matt, you've got a couple of other runners in there. We have to talk about them. Um, you've got the uh, the third favourite actually is Nighthawk style at $18 at the moment, such as the dominance of the two at the top of the book there. 
Um, 12 links off no keeper last week. Um, Matt, um, not even two years. He must be pleased with the fact that she's been able to you know, run for $20,000 at start number 23. Yeah, like you touched on, she's only a baby, um, you know, and we sort of we thought long and hard about stepping her up this early on, but I think if we if we stuck to the middle distances with her, um, her confidence could have been an issue, uh, getting knocked around and things like that. So we decided to to step her up, and right from early on, I've had an opinion that she was going to make a pretty good stayer, and. Um, she won really well in her first attempt over 600, leading all the way, um, beating a couple of nice greyhounds. So, look, I think, um, obviously, again, very, very hard to see no keeper getting beat, and it's hard to make up 12 lengths. But she will and should have plenty of improvement on what she did um, in her first 700-metre race, and albeit it was only her, her second look around uh, in the cargo and she sort of showed that getting lost a bit on the first bend and a gap sort of closed at the end of the back straight and so she had to sort of ease and switch off heels there. So I think the, I've got a high opinion of her. I think um, she will. She has got a big staying race in her, but probably not this one, but um, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if she goes a really bold race. And she's out of um, a very nice uh, staying bitch in Nighthawk Rose and Nighthawk Wish is a, an older half-sister and she's only won two from 59 but uh, did upset in the head of the New Zealand Stairs Cup going back a handful of starts Matt and um, I guess with Nighthawk Wish fourth behind Claus and Leo nearly 12 links behind uh, the second favourite for this race but uh, Wish well she'll just keep on grinding <laughs> put a hand up and go and then surrounded by other dogs she sort of she can leave the box as well but then sort of finds herself um drifting back through the field and then sort of comes again late but um it's hard to do that you know in these quality fields against good dogs you can't really give them a start so if there was any sort of trouble early and she found herself sort of sitting handier than usual um she she is a place prospect as well well, Matt, good luck with your three there in the Galway Cup. Clearly, Claus and Leo seen as the only danger to uh, no keeper with the market. I want to take you to race number two tomorrow afternoon. It's a class three over 457 metres. You go a long way to find a better class three race than this, and you've got three of them in there. Um, Claus and Rambo off box number two. Got a very good record down there. Um, we haven't seen him since um, mid-November. What's been up with Rambo? Yeah, we just I gave him and a lot of his litter mates a, um, a bit of a let up and um, he's had a couple of trials back since. We've just been struggling to get a bit of a weight off at him at the moment. He's um, a bit like me over the Christmas period. He's looking a wee bit heavy. But, um, yeah, he, he does. He loves that track and he, he likes the inside draws, but he really probably come up against a couple of uh, dogs a bit uh, more superior to him. So um, he'll, he'll need a little bit of luck and obviously have to do everything right. Claws and Marvel, uh, sister to Rambo, winner on Friday, and uh, that made it two in a row for her. Yeah, she's another one, uh, a litter mate to, to um, Rambo, and she had a, a short break as well, and we resumed with her over the sprints, and she's gone a couple of really nice races, um, expecting a little bit of improvement after those couple of runs. Um, she's come up with box six, which, which won't worry her at all because she likes to use a bit of track. And she does go okay down there, but again, she, she can't afford to do anything wrong. She needs to sort of ping out and rely on a wee bit of trouble to, to probably um, beat some of these good dogs in that race. Um, but, yeah, she's probably one you wouldn't leave out of third and fourth. And you've got Angry Jane there in box number seven. And, um, look, she's been in some, uh, some, some pretty good company in, in her time. 
Yeah, we've just been having a few niggles with her over the last sort of four, four to six months. Um, a problem with the cut that kept reopening around a dew claw. We've since had the dew claw removed. So we're slowly getting back on track with her. Um, probably another one that probably uh, a bit of grade relief or a bit of um, relief and company would, would suit her a bit better. But she's there and she's had a couple of sprints back, so she'll, she'll be improving with every run. But again, needs a wee bit of luck. And uh, Matt, we'll um, have a quick look at uh, race seven, number three, Nighthawk Jet, another of your uh, young brigade from the Corborne Brick Nighthawk Rose Litter. Yeah, I, I, I've had a bit of an opinion of this dog. I think he's, he's got a lot of ability. He just uh, he just does the odd thing wrong from time to time, but um, he has been trapping really well lately, and he comes up with a nice inside draw. Again, it's a really tough field, but I think if he does things right, he can be right there. And he's another one that I think uh, in time will probably look to step up over a bit more ground. Matt, thanks for your time again. Thanks for your contribution to Kiwi Chasing. All the best for tomorrow. All the best for the festive season. Thanks, brother. You too. And Damien Watson, thank you for your assistance on that side of the panel. Andy and I have appreciated uh, your efforts on Kiwi Chasing this year. We'll be back in a fortnight's time on January the 2nd. Merry Christmas to all. Same, and we echo those thoughts to the listeners for Kiwi Chasing, the New Zealand great. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, hounds the first for form.